Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello. How are we now? I'm here. Everyone's sounding better right now, yeah. Yeah, must be some spot activity. Yes, that's clearly it. Okay, all right. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 168, covering Atlantis, season 1, episode 8 or 9, depending if the first episode was split. And we have a guest. Hi, everyone. And everyone knows who you are, obviously, Jeff, without introduction. Clearly an intention horror, otherwise I wouldn't be guesting on podcasts. I see. Mike? I'm sorry, I'm just totally derailed. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to give you a chance to get railed. Yeah, right. Sorry, that sounds like a medieval torture. That's rail, Mike. It probably is. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Underground. As Alan says, we've got our guest from the US, Jeff, with us. He's been on the podcast before, and he's got a lot to live up to. He was excellent last time around. This is one of the episodes he requested to join us, so uh, the pressure's on him. It means I can sit here and stare dreamily off. Well, I would stare off in the middle distance of the wall I was facing wasn't three feet away. Decorate the wall, make it interesting to look at. What I propose for Amanda Tapping? I have to be careful. She might actually hear some of this, and given the fact that I'm probably going to at least exchange a couple of sentences with her, I could end up in trouble. She'd be like, I know you. You're the Irish perf. Oh. <laughs> Worst that can happen is that you get deported. Where are you going to be when you see her? Phoenix. Oh, wow. Otherwise known as the ninth circle of hell, since I've discovered there are officially eight. Due to what I've worked on lately, the Phoenix I Harbor. Oh, wow. Random fact. Random, really broken up sky fact. The name of their airport is the Phoenix Sky Harbor. Oh, do they have the helicarriers? No, I doubt it. I don't think they're that cool. No, the helicarrier is only cool if Samuel L. Jackson is actually on it. <laughs> it's cool because someone's playing Galaga on it. What? What was the old retro video game the guy was playing on it? It was Galaga, wasn't it? I thought, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Enough. Maybe it was a, a rather aggressive form of air traffic control. Sit, hey, good line. Where to go? There, oh, there we go. Been really bored lately. That's why I have this information at my fingertips. <laughs> Jeff, you're free to read your tweet out yourself because I'm not even going to attempt pronunciation of that lot. <laughs> alumnus alumni, alumna alumni, masculine and feminine versions of alumnus and the plural versions as well. Yes, alumni. I see. Perhaps you learned a different Latin than I did. No, I well, didn't learn Latin. Oh. I learned Latino, which is the disco version. No, that was my first foreign language with two years of Latin in junior high. The remainder of this recording, you should be referred to as Daniel. He is the one I like the most. Mm, I get a room, you too. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jeannie. And I'm Nikki. And I'm Rachel. We host the Tyrion's Landing podcast, where we talk about HBO's Game of Thrones. It's like Knott's Landing without the shoulder pads, but with twice the backstabbing. And for those of you too young to know, Google is now your best buddy. So join us here at Tyrion's Landing as we break down the episodes, discuss our reactions, and give you the skinny on news of the cast and crew. And don't miss our Jason Momoa chest spotting. Mm. Mm. Jason Just say the word Open the iris Game of Thrones Season 3 kicks off in the US March the 31st And Tyrion's Landing covered the first two seasons And will no doubt once again do an excellent job of discussing the ins and outs And ups and downs of what appears to be an action-packed third outing for the acclaimed HBO series On the news front Patrick Gilmore, who played Dale Volker in Stargate Universe Is starring in a sci-fi comedy Alien Abduction, tale of young Dave who is repeatedly abducted by an alien, but years later, abducts the alien. Links are in the show notes. Two shows with strong Stargate ties have been renewed for their second seasons and are now in production. Expect to see Longmire with Blue Diamond Phillips and Continuum with Rachel Nichols later this year. David Blue released his first podcast, Out of the Blue, in association with Geek Nation. An excellent interview with the actor Doug Jones. On the birthday front, Dean Stockwell of Kim, Quantum Leap, Battlestar Galactica, and Dr. Kiernan in the Stargate SG-1 episode Shadowplay celebrates his birthday on the 5th of March. David Palfrey was also born on the 5th, and while his face may not ring that many bells, we know him as Anubis and Sokar in SG-1. He's also appeared in Andromeda, Jeremiah and Blade the series. Another March 5th birthday is Jeline Blalock. She was to Paul in Enterprise, but I think a better role was the Jaffa Ishtar in the two SG-1 episodes Sacrifice and Birthright. Jolene has also guest starred in CSR Miami, House, Jag and Legend of the Seeker. We have a little feedback on Facebook for our Covenant episode. Jeff Woolsey kicked it off. 
This was a different episode. I liked it when SG-1 veered off course from their normal formula like this. It always seemed to work and be a breath of fresh air. Brad Mull replied, Yes, a very nice little episode. And at the end of it, the Alpha site hasn't blown up. Not that it becomes a major advantage to keep it around. It's good to see the SGC finally taking the problem of the world, finding out about the SG program, but it's debunked pretty quickly, something I find that could have been expanded upon over a two-parter or a half-season arc involving the Trust. And hey, Robert C. Cooper did say if they did another SG-1 movie, the gate would become public, so the candle still burns. Great episode, the show goes from strength to strength. I replied, I'm not sure if I would have liked an Earth-centric, very political and social movie, but then again, I would take it. Brad wrapped up the thread. Yeah, they don't have a good track record with their Earth-based episodes. That was the plan to end the series. Okay then, that's all the news, birthdays and feedback wrapped up. Let's get back to the show. Are we all good to go? Yep. Here are three. Ever a doe, ever a hain. Flicky. Fade to black. Fade in on the city. They call themselves the Genii. They are simple people, but good farmers and fair traders. Hmm. Simple people. And <laughs> the K is eating. What a shock. It's a big bite, that was. Messy. He's not eating, he's stuffing his face. Oh, maybe you should stop drinking 11 cups a day. I'm just making sure I get my fair share before it's all gone. Sounds fair. Hmm. I'm all for trade. But don't you think we should find a way to help defend ourselves? How can a bunch of farmers do that? Well, maybe they can introduce us to people who can help. In the meantime, let's take care of the basics. Guess it's always good to get to know your neighbours. Peter DeLuise said that when he wrote this, it was the second script turned in after the pilot. They didn't know any of you know, or the actors. He put most of the joke in McKay's mouth because he knew McKay from SG-1. He knew Davey Hewlett was a good actor. And then he had to swap around. And what he ended up doing was a lot of Shepard's line in this episode. Sound like Jack O'Neill because that's who he knew how to write for. And he just sort of uh, replaced Jack with uh, Shepard, which is why you may get uh, an O'Neill-like feel from uh, John in this episode. Yeah, you see, useful research, you bit. <laughs> well, if you know where the village is, shouldn't we... They are simple people and they trust me. But that trust was hard-earned. Okay. And what is it you say they grow here anyway? Many things. But they're best known for being known as Tava. What, Java? Tava. I want a sandwich. Yeah, they don't uh, exactly manicure the area, do they? No. You know, you think they'd be a bit more travelled to and from the gate. Yeah, this is, I think this is the wildest landscape they've been to in a long time on either show. See? Yes, traded with him. <laughs> it's sort of Amish with a brown colour. Yeah. Air tone Amish. The girl's been showing up in a lot of random stuff lately on TV. This is Major Shepard, Dr. McKay, and Lieutenant Ford. My daughter, Sora. Must be very proud. Yes. <laughs> She's betrothed. Ooh. <laughs> yes. I wasn't hitting on your daughter. I just they thought... have come to trade for a share of your crops. Yet you bring weapons. Sora, played by Erin Chambers. I'm sure uh, Mike has more info on her. That would do, but if you're going to do it, then do it properly. <laughs> they only give the actress name. Well, it's called research. I actually write things down before we start recording. Erin <laughs> Chambers, an American actress. Uh, she's been in three episodes of Stargate Atlantis. As Jeff says, recently been in NCIS LA, The Glades, Bones. She did some voice work on LA Noir and did 120 episodes of General Hospital. Good God. Wow. Given how often General Hospital is broadcast, that's probably about three months. Yes, if that. Yeah, I mean, it's five days a week, so. (laughs) Oh, please, my side, you slammy. I'm thinking about it. I'm bringing them in. All operations to silent mode. Hello. Ooh, that's not... Yeah, not Amish, Mennonites and... Mike's on. Right. We're in the credits. Yes, we are. Underground, episode 168, The Gatecast, season one, episode eight of Stargate Atlantis. Written by Peter DeLuise, directed by Brad Turner. It got its uh, US premiere on the Sci-Fi Channel, Friday, August the 27th, 2004. It was shown in the UK, November the 30th, same year. Once again, I haven't got actual air dates for Canada or Australia. There have been quite a few episodes from shows that shared the uh, title, such as Aiden 5, Codename Eternity, Red War, Arena, Land of the Giants, Ghost Stories, Hawaii, not Wi-Fi though, just Hawaii, and another show called Feed. Mm. Quite a popular title. 
Peter said it was very difficult having written the episode to hand over to someone else to direct. <laughs> he thought Brad was a director, but he still found it rather tricky. He's more used to being the other side of it. Yeah. Gained him a appreciation for how the writers feel. Yeah, so he probably now understands what it's like when somebody gives him a script to direct. <laughs> and he goes, I'll change this, I'll change that. <laughs> that character, that could be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like the shingles on that. <laughs> That's seen better days, hasn't it? Yes. Hello, Transporter Chief. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> He's in sort of a generic rustic mode, which the Irish accent helps with. He does, doesn't it? Yeah. I think this was the first role I saw him in where he wasn't genial, nice person. Oh, you, you've never seen the Englishman that went up hill and came down a mountain then? Oh, a long time ago, a girlfriend made me <laughs> watch that. Jones the Goat, where he basically bedded every woman in the village. <laughs> You might have to watch that again. I think I, you know, read a book while I was being forced to watch it the first time. <laughs> mm. That amount of planting will require new land to be cleared. Clearing more land is slow, hard work, and it will lose us a great amount of growing time between now and the next harvest season. Okay. What if clearing land was fast and easy? <laughs> you know a simple way of uprooting the stump of a 300-year-old tree? As a matter of fact. Yes, we do. We'll get McKay to try and study it so it'll explode. We have slaves. It makes the job so much easier. It's the Mythbusters way. <laughs> Awfully close to the house of it. Yeah. You know, C4 is rather powerful explosive. Yeah. I don't understand. It can be quite loud. Come on, you're going to wish you did. Oh, that's it, John. Perfect negotiation. <laughs> He's delighted. He's almost sociopathically happy about blowing something up. <laughs> Come on, who wouldn't want to just blow up stuff for fun? Then you hear a little scream from the background and someone gets hit by shrapnel. <laughs> you know, you know, my question would be, as Palomini's character, you have an EC5? <laughs> if you can supply us with a sufficient quantity of C4, we will supply you with the crop you require. So, this instead of the medicine? As well as the medicine. Really? As well as... That wasn't impressive enough. It is you who are in need. That's it. Yes, I think this guy negotiates for a living. He's a bit of a ballot, doesn't he? Well, when people come to you first, it kind of puts you in a better position for negotiation. When you've got the Tava beans, whatever the hell they are. They're space soybeans, duh. Yes. There will be a harvest ceremony later. <laughs> Make them into anything. Make a fantastic coffee. Because <laughs> McKay needs coffee. Yes, yeah. sir. We're talking harvest ceremony. Sounds like fun, sir. I'll be back soon. I should go back with the major. Yes, drink. <laughs> oh, the ceremony. Oh, fantastic party time. Yes, and I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing I wasn't sure about, why did... Oh, uh, no, I can't remember her name. Sora. Taylor. Taylor, thank you. Taylor wears the Atlantis uniform, but later on when Ronan shows up, he doesn't. Well, he's Ronan, isn't he? Yeah. You're going to argue with him? <laughs> yeah. You want to wear that? Fine. I'm not wearing that uniform. Okay. <laughs> you want to wear leather breeches? Fine with me. Trust me, I haven't been threatened by the man. You don't argue with him. <laughs> Just rewatched season one of Game of Thrones yesterday, so yeah. <laughs> I think in the future, Major, I should do the negotiating. I did say I had to ask you first. Uh-huh, to terms you already agreed to. Yes. Do you see why I have a problem with this? Do we need food or not? We are on the verge of rationing, and as much as I'd like to devote every off-world mission to the pursuit of Tava Bean... I get your point. Tell them we agree. His movie, Bullet in the Head, with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. The previews here don't show Jason Momoa that I've seen. The Sylvester. Um, our cinema has shut down. <laughs> the nearest one is 40 minutes drive away and quite grotty. Oh, look at this. They really know how to throw a shindig. Mm. They just pass out the booze and everyone drinks. Well, uh, that's probably Kalamini's idea. To our new friends. New friends. Yeah, let's make fun of the outsider here. Yes. <laughs> Moonshine? I'm sorry, but as a US military man, I'd expect him to be able to tolerate alcohol a bit better than that. Oh, that's a standard Stargate joke. Do you remember the first time Jack tried the stuff that kids on Abydos brewed? <laughs> and actually, I mean, he's... Well, he's a lieutenant, so he might only be about 23 or 24 years old. Exactly, he'd be more familiar with alcohol. They were very clear which route to take. I prefer a straight line. Yes, of course, because everything's a shortcut in Shepherd's world. That's it. This man managed to get lost between the gate and the village. Of course, Rodney always has his uh, scanner out. Yeah. Right over there. Define strange. You don't know what strange means? 
What's strange means, Rodney. Weird, freakish. Just trying to determine whether it's worth getting off the route back to the village. It's radioactive reading in Amish world. Your call. Look, we're lost anyway. What difference does it make? I am not lost. He's just just of everyone. Yes. Let's Mm. check it out. He's not lost. (laughs) It's not very, you know, uh, good manners, though, is it? You know, you get on this planet, so let's go exploring on private property. Yeah. You don't exploit property. As far as you're concerned, it's abandoned. Yeah, but the whole planet is their property. It looked dangerous, like it was ready to collapse. Oh, dear. To go wandering off like that just to explore with no no reason. You would have thought that it sent somebody just to make sure that when they stepped through the gate, oh, hello, I didn't know you were coming back. Yeah. As we, as we learn, these people are paranoid about their uh, security and stealthiness. Then surely they'll have an alarm on them. That is definitely strange. Yeah, not that Amish, really. No, not so much. Well, maybe they don't even know it's here. This hatch has been oiled recently. We have to check it out. Really? Oh, of course we do. Of course you do, McKay. How else are you going to be this brave and fearless warrior that we come to know and love? Chain's a nice retro look for the lid there. Mm. And it's triangular. We seem to have a lot of rounded triangles in Atlantis. Right. Well, that ladder wobbles a bit. <laughs> I don't think they go in for maintenance much. Construction's architecturally advanced. I don't think the Janai could have made this. Let me tell where we are. Lieutenant Commander. No. Considering they're going up topside to trade with other uh, societies all the time, you would think this would look a bit more cleaned up. It still looks a lot neater than the last World War II era bunker type thing we saw, where everyone sort of precipitated a world war. That was a good episode. I like that one. As we come to learn, though, uh, the Janai are decades ahead of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really think we should we should get out of here. It's a door. Go on, try knocking. <laughs> Ring the doorbell. Avon! Forget what I said about maintenance. That door looks like it's been well kept. Oh, my. Yes. That's some serious uh, scaffolding to keep the roof up. <laughs> yeah. It could be a natural uh, cavern formed by water. Yeah, but still, they didn't climb down that far. No, go ahead. Oh, dear. You know, when they blew that stump up, they could have risked blowing a hole in the roof. Mm. Yeah, that's one of my problems with the way they did the Janai. That whole underground city thing looks really cool. But the only thing you ever see once you're in the Janai underground are tunnels. You're never outside yeah. in an open area. A couple of dark rooms. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's actually just a matte painting. Is it? <laughs> Clearly. Meanwhile, back on the surface, the festival continues, with our erstwhile travellers enjoying the celebrations with no knowledge of what's going on beneath them. You'll excuse me, I must go tend to a dispute. Is everything all right, Cowan? Oh, I'll return shortly. Have a drink. Well, a smile and grin, and let's get that girl over dressing to some nice tight-fitting breeches. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they exist as two separate cultures. Maybe. Here we go again. Pinky and Perky. The Janai guns look cool. They look like Predator guns, the whole sort of triple barrel thing. Yeah. A little overkill. You know, if people could just learn to keep their secret underground hatches locked... That's <laughs> <laughs> full of good ideas, McKay. Is. Yeah. Of course, um, the idea of... Uh, the best idea McKay never had was to keep his bloody mouth shut. <laughs> Deep breath. I've put on a bit of weight since we're in that form-fitting uniform in Star Trek. What am I going to do? Well, you're not going to beat me up. Owen, played by Cole Meany, an Irish actor. Recently been in Hell on Wheels, also been in The Simpsons, Alice, 52 episodes of TNG, 173 episodes of DS9. (laughs) Only 52 episodes of Next Generation? Well, he was probably in the transport room for every episode, but they didn't always use that one. Because I didn't really watch DS9, so as much as I remember him, it's surprising he was in so few episodes. Watch Babylon yeah. 5, it's a much better version of the same story. Never got into that one. <laughs> Do so. We need to warn our friends. You will draw them to us. Everyone must stay indoors. Yes, yeah, you get the impression that the, the Janai have done this thing before. Yeah. He's like a little old lady at a rummage sale, looking for that bargain. Oh, can we be careful with that? It's just, it's rather fragile, and if it's... You'll learn one day, McKay. We have a problem. Then we have something in common. 
Normally, you would already have been shot for discovering our secret. In which case, more of our people would show up and question our disappearance. We would simply tell them the Wraith took you. With no evidence to the contrary, they would believe us. All they had to do is rotate up a new crew, and the other crew isn't seen again, and <laughs> our people were taken too. This C4 of yours... It's not for blowing up stumps. We have a more sophisticated application for it. Look, what you people do with your C4 is none of our business. We just need food. That's a spirit. We'll give you these advanced weapons. Do what you want with them. We abdicate all responsibility. <laughs> no, of course you do. Well, maybe we can give you more. You have weapons more powerful than your C4? No, you're kidding. Weapons are us. We... <laughs> Shut up, Shut up McKay. McKay. <laughs> Weapons are us. <laughs> uh, did I mention that I know almost everything about almost everything? That's it, McKay. Way to go, McKay. <laughs> really Is that the first time we've seen Tether's surname? Uh, no. No, she introduced herself in the first episode. How about you guys? I believe it was to Colonel Sumner, the long departed leader of the expedition. Listen, we just want to take a look outside. We can't let you. It's not safe. We can take care of ourselves. No, we're having a wife swap later. You must stay around. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, this is a real harvest festival. Fertility and all that. Relinquish your weapons. He will not be harmed. <laughs> Where'd they come from? <laughs> I didn't say I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just whipped that's them out. A, that's the real reason for loose-fitting clothing. That's <laughs> 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 it with the mouth, didn't you? Every episode. You notice I didn't pounce on that. Now, why have they changed? I'm not knocking it. Sora looks good in either outfit, but when did she have time to change a uniform? That's a good question. You know, she stripped him, man. <laughs> I want to see that and delete scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm as surprised as you are by all of this, Major. I don't know. I'm pretty surprised. Taylor and her people know us only as the simple farmers we show outsiders. The secrecy of who and what we are is the only defense we have against the Wraith. One day, all that will change. You think you can do that with an atomic bomb? Ooh. Clever, McKay. Now it's you who surprised me. Well, radioactive readings, your fascination with our C4. You're just mentioning this now? <laughs> yes. Well done. Keep up, Jeff. I assume you're hoping our C4 will solve your supercriticality problem. Will it? It might. Depends on your designs. There's a host of other considerations. You know how to make an A-bomb. Major, most of my high school chess team could design an A-bomb. The actual hard part is having sufficient fissionable materials of appropriate grade. And we do. You do? The Janai were once a great confederation of planets. Millennia ago, the Wraith had driven us to the brink of total annihilation. Our forefathers sought the protection of bunkers such as these, originally created for wars long forgotten. And it was here that a small number of our people managed to survive undetected. Now, for all his bragging, McKay is a clever sod, and he, he does tend yeah. to put things together. Yeah, he can at least back it up, but he shouldn't have said anything to start with. No, just let Cowan talk and respond where and when required. Yep. So the race do not suspect? More than that. We do have many mouths to feed below. I want to show you something. Come with me. Well, the Wraith do tend to do that, don't they? Kind of the Risen Detra. Yeah, but we're seeing this a lot. Actual civilization staying on by hiding away and surviving a culling and then rebuilding. Yeah, there's two or three at least that we find in this show. Well, let's not forget veritable Walmart-level collection of guns. A <laughs> <laughs> <The> Game Boy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's a iPad. With our atomic weapon, we believe we finally have what we need to defeat the Wraith once and for all. You do realize that long-term exposure to these levels of radiation is extremely dangerous. Our scientists tell me otherwise. Well, they're wrong. Are we in danger now? I would take days or weeks at these levels of radiation, but I assume the Janai spend days or weeks down here? Many of our people have spent their entire lives here. Their entire short lives. We'll be fine, just uh, as long as you weren't planning on having children. <laughs> I think I was trying to emphasize the fascist nature of the Janire. You're on the right track. We're about 60 years ahead of you. That is, if you survive. This shielding is woefully inadequate. Now, uranium. How much do you have? Much more. There's no one your weapons, great. We have had problems in our purifying efforts. 
The molecular structure of the unwanted material is very similar to that of the desired material. Diffusion. You need to separate the 235 from the 238. When you remove the barrier between two substances, the slight difference in their mass causes them to separate at different rates. You could do this? Of course. I, just... yeah, I think the real question is, right now, are we allies or are we still prisoners? It does make you wonder how they've been able to maintain the technology and actually expand it. Because, you know, you've got a limited population and you, you can't force people to be creative. But if everything's being driven towards weapons to beat the Wraith, you don't have to... You're not going to mess around with being creative about something that's not going to do anything, you know, not going to take you the right direction. You can concentrate on maths and physics when kids are growing up, but you still don't guarantee yourself you're going to get somebody that can make a leap. True. Probably why when someone like McKay comes along, you, you grab him. Maybe they could play him with women. <laughs> The other thing, though, is I think is the Janai just now getting to Atomic. Suddenly they're, they're not all the friendly. They're not going to be able to hide from the Wraith anymore. Up to now, their technology wouldn't be picked up on sensors, probably. Yeah. Well, like I say, if, if McKay could pick it up with his little hand scanner. Yeah. A Wraith hive ship in orbit. <laughs> You're going to be screaming at a bit of a hot spot. Yeah. I, a big hot spot, I bet. <laughs> yeah. You know, McKay clutches his throat and falls over. Yes. Radiation <laughs> a bit too high. What's in these type of means? Well, our dreams may soon be a reality. With your help, before the next culling, we plan to vaporize the wraith as they sleep. Oh, dear. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Overconfidence and arrogance kind of runs in the Pegasus galaxy. That is their weakness. Overconfidence. They hibernate between cullings aboard their great ships, sometimes for centuries at a time. There are always wraith who watch over the sleepers, but they're small in number. Small enough to be overpowered. We intend to sneak aboard their ships with our new weapons. That may no longer be possible. Kayla. Major. Do you think we should listen to their whole plan before we start poking holes in it? If we are to work together, then they need to trust us. And we need to trust them. Please explain. I and several of my people had been captured by the wraith. You must understand it was a rescue mission to save us. I'm only alive today thanks to them. As a result of that rescue... You awaken the others. He jumped to that conclusion a little <laughs> fast, didn't he? Damn. <laughs> Look, we took one of them prisoner. The next culling was supposed to be decades away. They said they were in no hurry, that they would take their time to come after us. We had hoped to test our first atomic weapon five years from now. Do we have that much time, Shepard? Do we? No. An awfully prissy look for her there. I think it's a uniform. Yeah, yeah. The un- uniform gives her an almost sound of music uh, look for one of the kids. And into a nice wee little thing in- into the jackbooted Nazi. <laughs> I'm talking about the uniforms the Von Trapp children had to wear. I'm sure the Atlanteans, if they got their heads together, could come up with a story that doesn't make them look so bad. Yeah, they just said they're predicting the calling for decades away. How are they able to predict with any reliability when the Wraith are going to wake up? Well, they've retained records and technology, so they can obviously observe a pattern. You know, there may have been a minimum of two, three hundred years between culling, so they probably average it out, saying we've got this amount of time. That's possible. Oh, they went down the same hallway again. <laughs> yeah. The chalk on the wall. Yeah, walk down one way, turn around, walk down the other. I think you're trying to save yourself. Well, you're damn right I am. I said we work together that maybe help save each other. We both want the same thing. It makes me wonder if this was actually shot on the Stargate sets. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't really see corridors like this on the, the Atlanta set. Nope. It does kind of look like one of the passways in Stargate. No, it's probably still the Blade set. I can get your program right back on schedule. How? I built an atomic bomb for my grade six science fair exhibit. They let you do that in Canada? I wasn't a working model. Still, I was questioned for six hours by the CIA, who believed I was part of a secret preteen organization. Actually, it led to my first job. Yeah, that's it. America should be more concerned about Canada. Major Shepard has convinced me that we may yet prevail. He has. If we work together. That's it. We had a a frank and honest discussion, and we're friends again. We threatened each other. Yes. Yes. We had an arm wrestle and I lost. <laughs> we consumed many beers and had a fist fight. We're friends now. Yes. Not all Irish people negotiate like that. I wasn't even going off the Irish thing, but yeah. <laughs> Ability to resist, even in some small way, gave the Janai the seeds of hope. 
This data storage device was recovered from that downed Wraith dart. It's a flash memory in a jump drive. Contains information about the hive ship it was deployed from. Tyrus and his daughter have been able to successfully access that information. How? Through this interface. Like the TVs. Mm, very outer limits. Well, that's a big flash jump drive, really, isn't it? I mean, yep. come on. This is where a Wraith ship still sleeps. Well, the Wraith tend to uh, self-destruct. It's probably pretty rare to get a hold of something like this. You be able to access any other data? With this interface device? We believe we can access the Wraith ship's data core. Incredulous. Hey, they got asteroids. Cool. <laughs> See, they're not that far advanced. They ain't even got flat screens. Come on. <laughs> we can learn the location of all the Wraith ships. So you know where to deliver your new bombs. Makes sense. Assuming, of course, the ship we're looking at is still there. Well, if the Wraith are in no hurry to rally their forces, as you claim, it will be. This ship is nowhere near the Stargate. Approaching an undetected by foot is impossible. That is where your ship comes in, Major Shepard. It ain't going to do any harm, is it? Having uh, intel on the Wraith locations and movements. Yeah, it'd be no harm to have some uh, Asgard beaming devices, though. Well, that's it. And the questions the Atlanteans have got to ask themselves, you know, how many Wraith are there in the Pegasus? They have no idea at the present. More that's than right, there yes. are stars in the sky. It's early for them to know how many Wraith there really are. Hey, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. There's a reason they insisted that McKay and Taylor stay there, and it's not just to help them with their bomb. But we have something they need, and they have something we need. And I thought that's what negotiating was all about. Oh, well, it is. Personally, I stopped short of offering nuclear weapons. Yes, yeah, so we're starting to regret not going off-world more often, because she can't really <laughs> leave it to Shepard. Nope. <laughs> you realize I originally sent you out for food? <laughs> I think we can still get that. Is Ford all right? He's kind of staring <laughs> off into the distance. Yeah. I think the lieutenant's just trying to, you know, responsibility. No, I think he's hung over. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> if I don't say anything and stay quiet, and my head's killing me. Colonel will take all of the uh He's not a colonel, yeah. Still major. But he's willing to take all the responsibility. Yeah. I'm just a pug. I was just following orders, ma'am. Yeah, I'm going to say one next. <laughs> you know, we've got some C4. You know, we can make a nuclear bomb. What else is he going to offer him? We've got a flying city. And the resulting implosion creates uh, extreme compression. Subcritical mass becomes supercritical. Ingenious. I know. And can you believe I didn't even win the science fair? So, the practical adaptation of available equipment and resources will be the real challenge. You're destined to become a hero among our people, Dr. McKay. Right. Well, as long as Major Shepard returns with the C4. Boom. Yeah. I thought I was supposed to shoot you. I'm a dead man. <laughs> the volunteering information, it's bad for you. Yeah. But you and I are not the people I thought they were. Then <laughs> look at you. I would never have thought that you'd leave your people. No, I do this for them. John Shepard and his people have brought new hope to our stars, Sarah. They have the spirit of explorers and the hearts of warriors. Oh, that's it. We're all friends again. As well as waiting to raise intentionally killing millions of people, it's still new hope. Well, he also found her necklace for her, so... Yeah. It's a little creepy how close Daddy stays to him. That's yeah. Daddy, is it? I thought Colin was her father. When uh, Shepard made that comment about being, you should be so proud, that's when he told her she's betrothed. I think Alan's right in that Colin is actually her character's father. And the other thing was just a acting lie upstairs. Don't tell Taylor, but she's got visible panty line. <laughs> where, where? What do you mean, where? On her arse? Where else? <laughs> I haven't seen her arse recently. You should know we have not dealt with others so graciously. Perhaps this new alliance will help to open your eyes. That we can only stand against the Wraith if we do so together. We'll have to see if your friends will live up to their promises. Yes, together, ladies, together. as fast as possible. I've been studying these plans all my life. Good. I will follow your lead. Interesting. Where this subtitle cross over the uh, table, clearly there's a slight artifact because they go a bit brown. Huh. I should be going with you. It's a good chance we could end up in a firefight. Sora is a skilled fighter, an expert marksman, Lieutenant Ford. Shouldn't that be expert Max, woman? No, I think it's kept marksman for a generic sexist reasons. 
Well, no, because in, at least an American English man can also be without gender. It can be used as a genderless uh, pronoun. Only with surgery. No, not with surgery. Uh-huh. Why is this episode a bit booed when I'm hungry? Colin Meany needs to iron his uh, collars down a bit more. They're sticking up too much. Like he cares. We need you to deliver the C4 you promised us, Major, before we proceed. We need to get the proper intel first. No use in building a bunch of nukes. We can't put them to use. Those are your terms? I'm sure you understand. I do. Seems we have no choice but to trust each other. Don't negotiate in. Right. They really don't trust each other at all. <laughs> well, no. you just said there's no choice but to do so. Well, this looks a nice, pleasant world to land your ship on, doesn't it? Yeah. That they let McKay go, that he's on the, the trip with them right now. Well, yeah, because they need his expertise to uh, access the computer, don't they? How many of these ships do you have? Just the one. Taylor has a massive tail there. Yeah. Well, he wasn't watching Taylor, was he? <laughs> I would be. I mean, the giveaway was the number three painted on the inside of the bulkhead. <laughs> Have they awoken? Not seen any activity. Same as last time. All right, here we go. Right through the front door. Okay, who's the red shirt? Come on, one of you's a red shirt. The wraith really should get some proximity sensors. Have you seen that blue shirt with the logo, the shirt is red? That's EGI. Stepping out on an invisibility shield. It's amazing. Go back inside the ship. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I'll just sit inside, okay, where I can't be seen. Yes. Good luck. One time we really see that big matte painting of the flight deck for the hive ship there. There was an insane breeze blowing outside. We got snow last night here. My friend in Tucson got snow the other night. I think they're up in the mountains, so yeah. It's just desert. That was unusual for me. It's snow. And when I was there, even at night, it didn't drop below 75. Some parts of Arizona do get snow with the Rocky Mountains being there. Creepy. Mm. Oh, these guys at the fun fair, because this looks like it's on an haunted house, doesn't it? <laughs> Any minute, you know, there's going to be a rattling and the skeleton's going to fly out on, on a lever. <laughs> well, that's not much a skeleton, but something that could certainly turn you into one. These people were cocooned for a later feeding. Some of them may still be alive. We don't have time for this. They could be your people for all you know. Hey, Taylor, take care of this. Meet you back at the ship. McKay, you're with me. Everyone's McKay. Don't put anything. Yes, especially not my hand. Be a man. I'll stay with her. Go. We'll meet you back at the ship. Because we're going to double-cross them. <laughs> shock, shock, horror, horror. <laughs> like the sound effects. Very eerie. He said turning the volume up. Nice. It'd freak you out a bit. <laughs> the bodies on the walls are extra creepy this time. Now we're new. Bodies on walls. Now with extra creepy. Now there were more guards on the other hive ship. Yeah, there were. Someone was in space. This one's on a planet, so it's more asleep. Okay. No, it wasn't on space. It was on Taylor's homeworld. Mm. I was trying to wonder why this one looked deserted. I figured that out. This is it. But the ship's plans I memorized did not include the details how to operate this door. Try to blow this door. It's going to make too much noise. So find another way. Okay. Okay. Make that you're allowed to touch something. This Game Boy PDA is out. <laughs> beeping. Rapid beeping. Some light here. I'm just reading this up top. This is one of the benefits of an organic ship, of course. You, you can cut into it with a knife. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to really have this much luck with the Prometheus. No. Let's face it, those ships keep getting blown up. Now there should be more goo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think there should be more goo there too. That just looked like a bit of rubber being peeled back. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and this guy got a credit. What was his credit? Darren Hurd. 
Victim. Victim, okay. <laughs> and he was he was also in Poisoning the Well as a, another victim. <laughs> so, two Stargate Atlantis episodes, both as a victim. Almost like the girl from the Taken movies. She was just in the first episode of the new show, The Following. And yes. She was kidnapped in that, too. I was seriously impressed with her ability to drive a manual gearbox in Taken 2. <laughs> Seriously impressed. What I know about Americans and their love of automatics. Uh, yeah. Know how to drive a manual. My parents required me to learn it because both their cars were manual at the time. Mm. Yeah. There aren't a lot of us who can drive manuals anymore. Yeah. It wasn't just adequate manual, it was superb manual drive. I'll cover your six, girl. But actually killing him it's probably going to set off an alert. They will know he was taken. Ship is closest to our world. The Janai will be the first to die if they awaken. Help me! I said leave him! No! <laughs> ah, you could have stabbed him. Ah, at last. Double shot. That's it. He's been watching Zombie Life. Waiting around the corner for the alarm to go off. Oh, the double tap? <laughs> yes. We gotta get out of here. Now, this is an alarm. This goes right through you. It's like it's a cross between an alarm and a dinner bell. <laughs> Stop mentioning <No>. food! <laughs> I just had some uh, oatmeal. Yeah. Oatmeal for what? Brunch? Uh, yeah, late breakfast. It's brunch. Race guards! Hurry, more coming! I still reckon that's a bit of a cheesy effect. It doesn't really work as well as it should. Kind of cheesy. He was struck by Wraith weapon. But he may have only been stunned. By now the Wraith will be upon him. Go. Go! Alright, alright, hang on. Uh, poor Tyrus. That was subtitled as artillery fire. In the landing bay? <laughs> oh yeah, energy-based artillery. They saw him run into somewhere and disappear. So the right side, uh, Sora's no longer patrolled. You know, Shepard can get. Maybe he can get on something. Why? That wasn't a boyfriend. That was a father. That's our father. That's not a father. I am the father. Oh, you know what? I think Mike's right. Mike is right. Mike has watched the bloody episode. <laughs> <laughs> Mike has done some bloody research. <laughs> I got a thing. She's now going to be on the vendetta thing because her father was killed. Yes. So, yeah. And when we see her again, that's when she... Uh, She's got a haircut. Maybe. Where's my father? He died a hero. <laughs> they let them die. He did not survive. Oh. What happened? I think we should find out. Take aim! Well, what do you know? <laughs> the Jedi betrayed you. Show. This may be a recurring pattern in this show. <laughs> it could be, couldn't it? Their uniforms don't look at all like brown shirts or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can't we all just get along? So we're just learning how to get along. She killed Tyrus. No. By leaving him to die, you may just as well have killed him yourself. He shot the man we tried to save. It was a mistake to try and save anyone. Uh, yeah. There's a bit of a sneer there from Taylor, wasn't it? <laughs> we... We'll keep this intelligence information. No, you don't. You're the one making a mistake. And your ship. And whatever quantities of C4 you have in your possession. That is all you ever intended, to use us. <laughs> Who's in for a big surprise here? Generous of you. Guess the tava beans are off the table. Oh, no tava beans. <laughs> no beans. I don't think so. We have the advantage, Major. Yeah. This is what your father died for? He died for being an idiot. Okay, Mike's right. <laughs> that is kind of a giveaway, isn't it? We both redheads. We should stick together. <laughs> well, I lied too. Jumpers two and three execute. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> yes, it works every time. Yes, your wicker hat won't protect you from our weapon. <laughs> Didn't really think we had one ship, did you? Tell your people to get back, nobody gets hurt. And we'll take the intelligence. Jumper two, prepare to fire on my mark. 
Far out what? And who's Mark? Not where I'm standing. <laughs> Mark over there. Well, isn't where an actor stands for his aim known as Denmark? Yeah. Usually with glow-in-the-dark tape on the ground. Mm-hmm. Which is why they're shot in the shoulder. So, yep. Guess we'll have to go somewhere else to find our top of beans. But I think it's only fair we end up with something. That's very O'Neill. <laughs> you do not want to make an enemy of the Janai. Oh, yes, we do. Put your gun down, woman. Uh, and Kalamini is basically playing a dick. Yeah. I like the Janai as a enemy for the Atlanteans. You know, that's not real. Prude rather, you know, uh, intelligent and deceptive, not straightforward brutes. Yeah. One last look at Sora, and then a crossfade to... Ah, Atlantis, the money shot. On the horizon, illuminated just by the starlight. Major, thought you might like to see this. Hey, Grodin. Good to see you. Mr. Veroni. With his Dell Inspiron laptop. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it would be easy. But we were able to ascertain the existence of 21 Wraith Hive ships just in our quadrant of the Pegasus galaxy alone. 21? And there are indications of far more elsewhere in Pegasus. Well, many more. Lots. lots. <laughs> yeah. Well, lots is only four in Trollish. Yeah. <laughs> lots, lots. <laughs> That's a lot of ships. Some of them already appear to be on the move. Toward us? That's the part we're still working on. So even if we were to have helped the Jedi build nuclear warheads... We only could have nuked a handful of them simultaneously. Exactly. There's far too many Wraith ships for a coordinated attack. The Jedi plan never would have worked, with or without our help. I'll see what else I can find. Thank you, Peter. I'm assuming Jeff Pratchett is something you haven't read yet. Uh, I've only read the first three or four of the books. I care about reading them in the order that they're published. Until I thought to look it up on Wikipedia, it was hard to find a proper list that was accurate. Okay, you read. Now go to this book. Now go to lspace.org. So who are these people? They're traitors. They call themselves Minarians. Sounds like something from Ghostbusters. Look out for Vigo, the Minarian. Well, we gathered some valuable intel. That's something. Huh. Are you trying to convince me this is good news? I'd much prefer to know what we're up against than not. Sixty ships. Or more. Let's assume there's more. There always is. Just hope they don't all come at once. At least this week we've got Tori in an outfit that shows herself off a bit better. Yay, cleavage! Well, not Ooh. just cleavage, it actually fits her, which an Atlantis jacket does not. And in fact, this episode, Taylor's jacket looks like her sleeves are about two inches too long. I know they're not tailored uniforms. Well, they're certainly not tailored uniforms. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, come on, you left that one open. Not deliberately. <laughs> I forgot. Iris was played by Ari Cohen. Been in Lost Girl, Suits, Haven, Smallville, and a show called My Babysitter's a Vampire. Okay, hmm? yeah, I've never heard of that one. Sounds interesting. Worth at least a lot. Sergeant Bates, the protagonist from the last episode, Suspicion, you know, really was a bit of a dick towards Taylor. He was the one that negotiated a treaty for food, kind of stuck it to Major Shepard. And that was Underground, which, again, flew by, didn't it? Yeah, well, it did. People, yes, I didn't have to talk as much. <laughs> <laughs> three people, less talking. <laughs> Alan likes that. Alan hungry. Oh, poor baby. First couple of minutes, Alan wants you up. <laughs> <laughs> I had info. I was delivering it all. Yeah. <laughs> all in one go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one-shot kind of guy. Get this out of the way. I can relax for the rest of the episode. <laughs> And focus on their comfort food. Oh, now I have an orange pylon on my screen. I guess the, the video's over. Yeah. It's a cone. Cone, yeah. <laughs> I watched Land of the Lost as a child. It's a pylon. Bloody cone. <laughs> and in fact, from about the 10th of December through to about the 14th of January, that particular cone has a Santa hat in it. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Turner directed this episode. He worked on eight episodes of Stargate Atlantis, eight episodes of Stargate SG-1. He did six episodes of Andromeda, 46 episodes of 24, and he's done six episodes of the latest Transporter series. Does the Transporter series have Jason in it? No. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. First episode, not good. Second episode, much better. We're talking French-German levels of nudity. Oh. Peter DeLuise, who wrote this episode, he worked on four episodes of Stargate Atlantis, 18 episodes of Stargate SG-1. He really made his mark directing the series. He did seven episodes of Stargate Universe, 56 episodes of Stargate SG-1, six of Stargate Atlantis. He also did eight episodes of Andromeda. That wasn't Peter playing Amanda's other half. That was his brother. Yeah. They're like Borg. They're everywhere. There's only three of them that I know of. Peter, Michael, David. 
And three of them were in a movie together back in the late 70s, early 80s with their mom and their dad. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> playing a family. <laughs> so that's about the stretch as uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing Tony Stark. The movie was called Hot Stuff. It had um, Truck Driver from Smoking the Bear, Suzanne Plachette, and a whole bunch of girls from like the 60s and 70s doing a bunch of parts. But it was about a bunch of cops going undercover and running a pawn shop to get stolen merchandise off the streets. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Appreciation to everyone who has kept the website, email, Google+, Facebook and Twitter busy with Stargate discussions. We would love to hear from you directly, so if you do want to get in touch, then you can use the gatecast.co.uk website contact and feedback options, or send us an email via thegatecast at gmail.com. You can also be found on Facebook, Google+, Stitcher Internet Radio, and iTunes under Gatecast. And on Twitter, we are The Gatecast, which is one word. Come try ya! Okay then, folks, that was Underground. Uh, next week, we'll be on SG-1 with the episode Sacrifices. The return of Jolene Blalock as Ishtar. And, of course, Tony Amendola as Braytak. Sacrifices. Teok's reunion with Master Braytak, Son Ryak, and warrior leader Ishtar is fraught with danger and difficulty. His determination to overthrow the ghouls Moloch before he can murder more of her sisters leads to her capture and torture at his hands. While Teok's son Ryak has chosen to marry without his father's blessing. Dear God, he's old enough to marry. <laughs> wow, two or three times as long as the blurb on the back of my DVD. Go on, we like to compare blurbs. During Read a meeting suitable with... overdramatic overtones, by the way. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. During a meeting with Ishtar's rebel, Jafar faction on planet Haktil, Teok receives some distressing news. His son Ryak intends to marry one of Ishtar's warriors. Using to give his blessing to the marriage puts Teok at odds with Ishtar, even as they are ambushed by enemy forces. <laughs> Your description was way more complete than mine. Probably the blurb on the back of the Region 2 DVD. Oh, uh, but Tony Amendola, he has been showing up everywhere. He's on Continuum now. He was on Once Upon a Time. Are you guys only seeing Season 1 of Continuum now? Yeah. It was on in Canada, like, early last year. Well, they made it. They broadcast it first. Stargate was made in Canada. Generally got it about a year later. Stargate was an American show made in Canada. Continuum is a Canadian show made in Canada. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just watching first season. I just finally watched, I think, the third episode last night. I think it's a very different role for Alexa. I mean, she started out as the hot android, hot doctor in going with the theme there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the hot teacher in the 4400. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I hope you'll join us for that. Thanks very much, Jeff, for joining us. Hope you had a good time. As always. Thank you. Smash it. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 You've been listening to The Gatecast hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.